Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story, and one of the best stories is Wasabi Technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company, and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams, including 20 major league baseball teams like the Red Sox and NHL teams like the Bruins and Vancouver Canucks. Even the Liverpool Football Club is getting in on the Wasabi action. So why is Wasabi the MVP? Well, Wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the Amazons of the world are charging. In fact, Wasabi is up to 80% less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data. From Wasabi's AI-enabled intelligent media storage, Wasabi Air, to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals, data deletion, and ransomware, Wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based champion championship team. You're listening to MLB.com Extras, brought to you by MLB.tv. It's baseball everywhere. Hello and welcome. This is the show for Thursday, January 19th. I am Adam Barry, MLB.com's Pirates beat reporter, uh, flying solo this week without the steady guiding hand of our uh, usual host, Matt Waymeyer. Uh, scheduling conflicts are keeping me and Mr. Waymeyer apart this week. Uh, so I'm going to freestyle a little bit here, uh, stream of consciousness, and run over some of the Pirates news and notes uh, from this past week. Uh, on our last show, I was podcasting live from Pirates Minicamp uh, down in sunny Bradenton, Florida. Uh, back in Pittsburgh now, but just wanted to dive into uh, one topic we briefly touched on last week, uh, specifically when we were talking about a potential Jose Quintana deal. Um, that's something that uh, the Pirates have been kind of linked to this offseason. Uh, ESPN has reported the Pirates – worked hard uh, to, to acquire Quintana. Uh, we've spoken and I've written several times about why uh, Quintana, the White Sox left-hander, makes perfect sense uh, for Pittsburgh's rotation. Uh, he's an upgrade at the top of the rotation, sort of a guaranteed uh, number two between Garrett Cole and Jamison Tyone. Uh, you know what you're going to get from him, 200-plus innings with a mid-to-low three-something ERA. Um, he's a left-hander, which is something they need. Uh, he's been one of the major's best starters overall for the past uh, four years or so. So adding him uh, would also strengthen the bottom of the rotation, uh, as we've discussed, because you'd be looking at Garrett Cole, Quintana, Tyone, Ivan Nova, and most likely Chad Cool. But there's another angle there that I think uh, is certainly worth discussing and considering is people kind of get caught up in the frenzy of the offseason where, you know, players become pieces and prospects become assets to move uh, for other pieces. So to get somebody like Quintana, you would have to give up some really high-level, near-ready prospects like the Red Sox did for Chris Sale, also from the White Sox. Uh, these are the kind of players the Pirates are, are typically built on, um, and as they transition or bridge, as Neil Huntington has said, from one core, this group sort of led by Andrew McCutcheon, uh, to the next group, those prospects are going to be uh, really even more important uh, for you know for their future and really for their present. So, uh, in theory, it, it's pretty hard from that perspective to to even imagine them parting with uh, several guys like a Tyler Glass now, Austin Meadows, Josh Bell, Kevin Newman, Mitch Keller. Those are their top five prospects, most likely. Uh, they were this past season. Uh, and the Rays, even at the trade deadline, asked for at least two of them uh, when the Pirates asked for a controllable starting pitcher. And even those guys didn't have the upside or really even the, the proven quality of a Jose Quintana. 
so it's easy to talk about those guys as, as assets and as you know pieces that you can move to get something else as currency in a way. But then at minicamp, you go down there and you see these guys in person. Uh, Glasnow, Meadows, Bell, and Newman were, were there in person. Uh, Keller was not. And you remember just how much potential they have to be these critical uh, you know, parts of the Pirates' present and uh, near and long-term future. You know, you're not just dreaming on these guys as close as they are to the majors. Um, and they all fill a pretty specific need. Uh, starting with Glasnow, he had a rough debut, as we all saw. But, uh, you know, he has said that it was maybe his worst season overall, which is pretty uh, special when you consider what his AAA numbers still were in spite of that. Um, you know, talking to him at minicamp, seeing him at Pirate Fest, he just seems so much more confident and comfortable right now. Um, he noticed some things mechanically last year that felt off in his delivery, uh, some things that he's been working on this off season. Um, he's at a sort of a baseball factory right now working because um, the, the stuff is so incredible when he is mechanically right, which could be a challenge given the long limbs and his height. You know, he could still be something special. He's still one of the top pitching prospects in all of baseball. And, you know, if you'll flash back to a year ago, this is the same guy Pirates fans were, were really clamoring for. They wanted him in the opening day rotation, and basically every day that he wasn't up in the big leagues was uh, a mistake in, in the, fan, you know, the opinion of a lot of fans. So consider that he is one of those guys competing for that open fifth spot currently in the rotation. Do you want to get rid of him and remove a competitor for that spot? Uh, you can understand the argument for doing so if you're selling uh, high on his prospect status, specifically if you get someone like Quintana in return. Um, but some fans have asked about adding another kind of back-end arm, somebody like a veteran, a Doug Fister, a Brett Anderson. And I'm just not sure if you want to block someone like Glasnow uh, you know, to go out and get an arm like that, just given the, the considerable upside. So um, I'm pretty high on Glass now, heading into 2017, if you can't tell, uh, listening to this. Um, and I, I think it'd be pretty funny to rewind to this time last year and consider that being a relatively unpopular opinion. And um, for the rest uh, of the rotation, uh, also pretty easy to be high on Jamison Tyone and Chad Cool, uh, not rookies anymore, but uh, two second-year players that I caught up with at minicamp. Uh, Neil Huntington reminded both of them uh, at the end of last season, and it's important to remember this, that you know, the so-called sophomore slump is a real thing. Um, you know, some players take a deep breath and they, they let up after they finally reach the big leagues, and that winds up then letting down. Uh, or they try so hard to improve that they get away from what made them successful. Both guys are already mindful and aware uh, of how to avoid that. Uh, I think they've both sort of been working on that and thinking about that. Even this offseason, we also caught up at minicamp with Austin Meadows on the first day of camp, the top outfield prospect. Uh, the same day he was officially invited to big league camp as a non-roster invitee. Uh, so you'll see him playing some pretty significant innings uh, in the outfield, especially when uh, Andrew McCutcheon and potentially Starling Marte and Gregory Polanco are away with their respective World Baseball Classic teams. Uh, the things that stand out about Meadows, he's got a really good head on his shoulders, it's just easy to watch him and see why he's so well-regarded as a top prospect, a former first-round pick. Uh, it's a very smooth swing. Uh, he's a tremendous athlete. You could easily see him out in the outfield, uh, left or center field at PNC Park. Injuries have been the issue for him, kind of the thing holding him back, um, but he's incorporating more sort of yoga, flexibility-type work into his routine to try to avoid uh, the soft tissue injuries that have sort of been an affliction of late, the uh, obliques and hamstrings, things like that. So that's another guy who just fits in so perfectly well to the Pirates, uh, you know, near future plans with McCutcheon sort of nearing free agency. Because then you move right on to a Meadows-Marte-Polanco outfield, 
that's sort of a risk factor you have to consider if you're talking about moving him. You know, you, you don't have a ready-made replacement, and you would, you know, if they're the Pirates and you have a, you're working with a relatively limited payroll, can you risk, you know, trying to go year to year with free agent options, just given the way the market is trending? Uh, moving on, prospect-wise, uh, Kevin Newman is another guy, another former first-round pick who's really flown through the system. Uh, he finished last year in Double A, uh, hit well the whole season. He is not a particularly flashy shortstop, um, but he could be a perfectly sort of serviceable defensive option there, kind of like Jordy Mercer, uh, just with a better offensive profile, a potential top-of-the-order, um, you know, middle-of-the-diamond player. And those kind of guys just do not come along uh, all that often. So, you know, he fits the Pirates' future need in the sense that Mercer is a couple of years away from free agency, and he's still, you know, a potential top 100 prospect on the MLB pipeline list. Those are not the kind of guys that you can really just part with. The Pirates do have shortstop depth, but is it as high end, you know, of an option as somebody like Kevin Newman? Again, just another sort of thing to consider when you're talking about a deal like this and, you know, watching these guys in person at minicamp, that all kind of runs back to your head rather than seeing them as a, as a name on a prospect list. Um, we've talked, another prospect, uh, we've talked about Josh Bell, uh, one of Matt Wehmeyer's favorites, so I'm sad that he's not here to discuss him. Um, one more thing that we actually learned about him at minicamp, um, we saw every day after the workouts, uh, Josh Bell would go around the clubhouse and ask you know, fellow prospects if they wanted to go and do yoga class with them. Uh, nobody did. Uh, I was not invited personally, but I would not have done it either. Uh, yeah, Bell kept at it. He's been to about 75 hot yoga sessions uh, this off season. He said he's aiming for 100 um, because last year he put on a bunch of weight in the off season, did a lot of uh, you know muscle strength training, and he sort of felt it. He said he felt a lack of flexibility when he went to work at first base last spring training. So this year, his weight's down. He looks a lot more athletic. Um, just speaking to him and being around him, he's the kind of person that you sort of want to bet on. Um, in addition to all that conditioning work that he's done, he's worked uh, basically at least once a month at first base with various members of the Pirates uh, coaching staff, um, just putting in a lot of hard work. And, you know, from the start of the offseason, right into minicamp, he's going to show up to spring training early to, to knock off the Cowboys a little early. Um, he's a really important part of the Pirates lineup this year and then potentially for the next half decade. You know, they have first base options next year, you know, if they were to make sort of a trade that involved him. But, you know, it's a question mark kind of, kind of going forward if they were to trade somebody like Josh Bell. So you can see where it's not such a simple decision as, throw in all these prospects at the White Sox and hope they accept the Quintana deal. You know, these are very important pieces and parts of the Pirates' future as well as their present. Uh, but moving on from minicamp, uh, there are a few other topics to discuss from the past week. Um, I wrote about catcher Francisco Cervelli, specifically his pitch framing. Uh, we knew when the Pirates got him from the Yankees, uh, Cervelli's defense has always been very well regarded. Uh, but it's interesting to see just how well he stacks up behind the plate in that regard. Um, he's particularly strong, as the StatCast data shows, uh, turning low balls into low strikes, uh, which is something that blends really well with the Pirates' emphasis on uh, pitching down in the strike zone. That's the kind of pitcher that they've targeted over the last several years, uh, really since they kind of surged back into contention as guys who pound the bottom of the zone and get ground balls. Um, and Cervelli is uh, really a good fit behind the plate for that. Uh, Jamison Tyone said that you know he can make even your bad pitches look good, which is not only – you know, a, a positive with the umpires, but it helps build a young pitcher's confidence. And the Pirates are going to lean on a number of young pitchers in their rotation uh, this season. So go check out that story on Pirates.com. There's some neat StatCast uh, baseball savant charts and info and 
some really good insight from Jameson Tyone, Chad Cool, and uh, Stephen Brault. There was also a little bit of news, uh, I suppose, at the end of the week. Uh, it was the deadline Friday to file salary arbitration numbers, and the Pirates settled on one-year deals with all but one of their eligible players, uh, that player being closer Tony Watson, who is most likely heading to an arbitration hearing next month. The Pirates are a file-and-trial team, so they could still negotiate a multi-year deal or potentially uh, trade Watson. He's at least a nominal candidate, given that he's one year away from free agency. But uh, most likely they're going to go to a hearing over their uh, reported $400,000 difference in uh, requested salary for 2017. There was nothing too surprising otherwise out of that deadline. No multi-year deals, no extensions, nothing like that. Uh, Garrett Cole, Jordy Mercer, Juan Nicasio, Jared Hughes, and Drew Hutchison all settled on one-year deals. And the last thing that I wanted to mention here, um, to sort of keep that stream of consciousness thing going, uh, was a feature I wrote uh, during minicamp. Uh, you know, the room was full of prospects, and these young big leaguers said, you know, guys you can kind of dream on and get excited about. But uh, this the, this person that I wrote about was nothing like that. Um, it was non-roster invitee Josh Lindblom. He's got a really great story. Um, I was very honored that he spoke to me about it and let me write it. Um, the short version Basically, Lindblom, uh, very briefly a pirate, claimed before he went to Korea to continue his career, uh, had to come back to the United States to be with his family, uh, specifically his infant daughter, uh, Monroe, a little girl who was born with a rare congenital heart defect. Um, it was a really sort of touching story, really uh, emotional speaking about it. I think he's the kind of guy that, that fans can and really should root for. Uh, so hopefully everybody will, will give that story a look on Pirates.com. Uh, it's also pinned to the top of my Twitter feed at Adam D. Berry, A-D-A-M-D-B-E-R-R-Y. Uh, so that's all I've got for now. Hopefully Matt, May Matt Waymeyer will be back with us next week, uh, back with his hands on the wheel here to rein in my rambling. But for now, this is Adam Berry signing off for MLB.com Extras, Pittsburgh Pirates. MLB.tv Premium, the number one live streaming sports service, is celebrating 13 years. Watch every out-of-market regular season game live or on demand in true HD. Real-time highlights, live look-ins, pitch tracking widget, and more. MLB.tv Premium includes a free At-Bat 15 subscription. Watch live baseball on over 400 mobile and connected devices. Watch at home, in the office, or on the go every night on every device. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Visit MLB.tv for details. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.